Blog Talk Radio. You ready? It's time to start. This should be played at high volume. This is the Andrea Shaking Show. And I'm just a gal like any other gal. That's cool. You know what this is. What is this? The Andrea Shaking Show. It's me, don't you remember? We were just talking about you. Totally amazing. Thank you. The Andrea Shaking Show. I think you've got something there. Andrea Shaking. You're really going to like it. Quite understandable. Is on the air. Something's definitely going on here. Take my word for it. Now. Come on. It's showtime. Make it so. Ready, go. So last night, after the show was over, at about 11.30, give or take a couple of minutes, Q posted some new messages. We're going to talk about that tonight. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program on this Thursday night, February 1st. Did you see the blue moon last night, that blood-red blue moon? There were a lot of beautiful pictures floating around on the Internet today. Uh, People out there with their cameras taking gorgeous pictures beautiful pictures. In fact, if you go to truepundit.com, he's got a whole series of photographs uh, posted over there. Thomas Paine does. And and one of them in particular is just gorgeous. It's the moon uh, right behind a, a like a cupola with a weather vane. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So anyway, I hope you uh, were able to see it. I watched a little bit of it as it was coming up. Of course, I was doing the show. Actually, it was prior to the show. Um, I noticed that it was awfully bright by my front door. And so I opened the door and sure enough, there was that gorgeous moon just coming up. And I was thinking, oh, I wish I was right on the beach so I could see it reflected on the ocean. I bet the people living on the beach really got a, really got a, a, a quite a view of it last night. So anyhow, welcome, everybody. Nice to have you with me tonight. Uh, and uh, let's take a look. We've got four people in the chat room right now. So uh, they're making their way in. I guess some folks are having a problem um, uh, with the volume control on their end. Um, so you know what? If you're having a problem, just call in and listen on the telephone line. It's so easy to do. And we've got lots of people who are doing it. I mean, we've got several people on the line right now. If you want to join them, just call in. Here's the number. It's 646-478-4604. Okay. 646-478-4604. I should do it to a song, you know, like that empire, what is it? Empire, um, eight, eight. Well, now I can't think of it, but you, you know, whenever it comes on TV or the radio, you always find yourself singing along with it. You know, if it's a jingle, it's a whole lot easier to remember. Right. Right. Yeah. I've just got a news alert um, on my iPhone from Fox News. Uh, Fidel Castro's oldest son has committed suicide, according to Cuban state media reports. Uh, They say uh, he's killed himself, his eldest son. Um, Who knows? Who knows? Who knows if he's killed himself? Uh, Maybe he took a cyanide tablet because he knew that they were going to come after him. Who knows? It's I mean, it's a strange world out there. Okay, so as I was saying it about. I guess it was about 11.15, 11.20. I just happened to click on to the link that takes me to the Q page, okay, the Q, the Q uh, uh, message page. And, of course, we know that that's qcodefag.github.io. Well, there were new posts. And I thought, oh, man, look at this. So I, I started reading them, and I, and I got through, you know, and, and as I'm reading them, Q is posting more and more, so I had to keep refreshing. So I wonder if the um, 
the artists or the, the researchers are um, doing a live stream on this on YouTube. So I went over to YouTube, and sure enough, actually, I found them um, by going on Twitter. And somebody tweeted that they were live. So I jumped on that link, and I went over, and I started listening. And they were in there trying to parse out what Q was intending to mean by all these different messages. And they were tying it in with yesterday's train accident as well. This is all very, very interesting. So um, a couple of them were saying, gee, we wish Dr. Corsi was here with us right now because, you know, he could add to this, you know, figuring this out, puzzling it out with us. So I I have Dr. Corsi's phone number. (laughs) Well, first I texted him. I texted him a couple of times, right, letting him know, you know, new Q posts are up, live stream underway, come join us, here's the link. And I wasn't getting any response, and time was clicking away. And finally it was about midnight, and I thought, should I call him? He'd want to know about this because he wasn't joining the conversation, so I'm thinking he's not even aware of it. So I took a chance, and I called him poor man I think I got him out of bed he knew who I was right away he must have me on his um, speed dial because he answered the phone and he said yes Andrea (laughs) Dr. Corsi forgive me I know it's very late but I thought you'd want to know that Q has posted more messages and the gang is over at the uh, CBTS live stream and they're trying to puzzle it out and they're wishing that you were there Ah, he said, I see it right now. Okay, he said, I'll be over in a few. (laughs) It's kind of like, okay, come on over. Everybody's coming on over. Break out the cold beers and make a pot of coffee. Everybody's coming over. So anyway, I went back to the, um, uh, the live stream. And sure enough, Dr. Corsi shows up uh, maybe 10, five, 10 minutes later. And we start, start, we took it from the top. Now, I want to tell you that um, last week we weren't able to go through um, the posts that he had done, that Q had put up on um, January 20, I think it was January 30th, January 29th. So I, I kind of want to start with that because I think that, you know, it's difficult enough to follow what Q is saying sometimes. And by kind of uh, backing up a little bit, it kind of gives you a little more context of what he's saying. So let's just start, and and I'm going to take you to um, uh, Dr. Corsi's decoder site over at ScribeD, the decoder. Now, if I've gone over some of these in the past, forgive me, bear with me, because we've got, you know, like Rush Limbaugh says all the time, I know some of my listeners don't like it when I repeat myself, but we've got new listeners joining us all the time. And he's right. It's true. Dan Bongino says the same thing. And by the way, I have to tell you, my son called me yesterday to wish me happy birthday. And he says, Ma, I've been listening to Dan Bongino. You've got to listen to him. (laughs) I started laughing. I said, yeah, I know. I've been listening to him. Oh, he's great. He's great. Well, Bongino today thanked all of his listeners. Evidently, in the month of January, they had million downloads of his podcast. So he's cooking. He's really cooking. And and with good reason. I listen to him every day. He lays it out. He explains it all. Okay? I don't know that he gets into the Q Anon thing yet. I don't think he's there with that yet because he's busy explaining and and, uh, sharing information that he's getting from real people, okay, Uh, insiders that he knows with the department, uh, the New York Police Department, with uh, uh, the the, um, 
FBI headquarters in New York, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, you know, people in the Secret Service. He's got a lot of contacts, a lot of connections, a lot of sources. And so um, he's putting it all together, and it's, it's pretty cool. I had a doctor's appointment today. You know, living in Florida, we have to be very careful of our skin. Yeah, well, the sun is pretty strong. So I, I see a dermatologist a couple of times a year just to make sure everything is okay. And so today was my appointment. So uh, while I was in the waiting room, waiting for about a half an hour, which was fine, I was listening to Bongino's show on my uh, on my iPad, uh, not iPad, but my iPhone. And um, I was kind of almost hoping that they weren't going to call me into the exam room because I wanted to keep on listening to it. But um, yeah, million, million downloads. Good for him. All right. So let me let me back up here a little bit and start with the um, the posts that uh, Q did on Monday of this week, Monday, January 29th. OK. And the first post that he did, um, it, he started out saying, Narrative shift, narrative shift, nation on alert, firing RR equals block Mueller, firing RR equals setup to firing Mueller, firing RR equals red line, and RR, of course, Rod, Rod Rosenstein, okay, and then there's a set of lines, it's like, you know, he's, he's done an underline, okay, and then underneath the, the, the line, what was the Senate conference vote regarding RR? Why did RR, parentheses or brackets, beg Ryan to block the FISA memo from congressional review and further advancement? Real time, and this is in capital letters, real time, colon, seven congressional members plus three senators plus two former O senior officials, Obama senior officials, plus four outside contractors, no C-top sensitive level clearance at SCIF, DC Cap, DC Capital. Top security clearance is mandatory for admission. How is that possible? We see you, Q. So, of course, he says, well, well, QAnon is signaling the narrative will shift once the Nunes memo from the House Intelligence Committee is made public. And, yeah, we were hoping it was going to come out today, as, I mean, I'm sure you were, too. Now we're being told it'll be tomorrow. Well, the memo is expected to reveal the coup d'etat conspiracy within the DOJ and the FBI that extended to Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the DNC. The conspiracy ultimately reached President Obama in the White House at the head of the cabal. (laughs) This is going to be beautiful. If this reaches all the way up and grabs Obama by that skinny neck of his, this is going to be worth all of the pissing and moaning and screeching and hollering that's going to come from the left. It'll be well worth it. Anyway, he continues saying that once the Nunes memo is read by the American people, the Russian collusion narrative against President Trump will collapse to be replaced by the realization Hillary and Obama, as well as their many co-conspirators, need to be investigated and prosecuted. Now, the part where it says nation on alert, firing RR equals block Mueller equals set up to firing Mueller equals red line. Corsi interpreted it this way. He said, with the Nunes memo made public, the nation will go on alert, an alert that will allow President Trump to declare a state of emergency that would allow him to invoke military powers, leading possibly to a declaration of martial law. 
The firing of Rod Rosenstein at the FBI will block special counsel Robert Mueller from continuing his investigation of President Trump and the Trump campaign. The firing of Rod Rosenstein at the FBI will set up Mueller to be fired, given that with Rosenstein gone, Mueller loses his key protector. Mueller will be under investigation himself for his role in various scandals, extending all the way back to President Clinton's pardon of fugitive criminal Mark Rich. As head of the FBI back then, Mueller protected Democrats and the deep state, covering up various scandals, including the HSBC money laundering scandal, the Benghazi 9-11 scandal, the scandal of Secretary of State Hillary Clinton illegally sending weapons to Libya, many of which were diverted to Syria as the Obama administration allowed ISIS to form. And the firing of Rod Rosenstein will set up a red line that will demarcate the top management of the FBI and the DOJ, the Obama-Clinton loyalist holdovers who need to be removed from their jobs immediately. The question that uh, Q asked, what was the Senate conference vote regarding RR? Of course, he says the Senate vote confirming Rod Rosenstein was taken on April 25, 2017, resulting in 94 yeas and six nays. This vote shows the degree to which the deep state continues to control Congress. There was much to investigate about Rosenstein that the Senate ignored, including his participation as one of the lawyers assembled by independent counsel Ken Starr, to investigate the Clintons' role in the Whitewater scandal. Wow. Okay, Q then says, why did R.R. bracket beg, close bracket, Ryan to block the FISA memo from Congressional Review further advancement? Corsi, on January 3rd, 2018, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Christopher Wray made an unannounced visit to House Speaker Paul Ryan's office. The purpose of the meeting was to get Representative Devin Nunes from making public a four-page memo that Nunes had written detailing his concerns over the DOJ and FBI participation in the Obama-Clinton coup d'etat conspiracy. Rosenstein was desperately afraid that the memo would expose the role he played in participating as a co-conspirator, making sure that former FBI Director Robert Mueller was appointed special counsel after President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey. Q then wrote, real time, seven congressional members plus three senators plus two former O senior officials plus four outside contractors, no C top, no clearance, top sensitive level clearance at SCIF, DC cap. Corsi interprets it thus. QAnon appears to be signaling that at this, t- the time this post was written, seven members of the House of Representatives, three senators, two former Obama senior officials, and four outside contractors who lacked the top-level sensitive levels clearance required, were at that moment in room 237 at the Capitol, the room housing a SCIF. A SCIF is a sensitive compartmented information facility. It's an area enclosed within a building that is used to examine national security information. 
access to a SCIF is restricted to individuals with appropriate security clearances. Now, before entering the SCIF, a person is typically required to surrender all recording, photographic, and other electronic media devices, including cell phones, iPads, and laptop computers. Those in a SCIF are allowed to view highly classified national security documents, although generally no notes, copies, or electronic images are permitted to be taken of the documents examined. What QAnon appears to be describing is a late-night visit to the SCIF in the nation's capital to examine the Nunes memo. The purpose of the secret meeting was likely focused on developing a Democratic Party counter-narrative that could be fed to the mainstream media to diffuse the damage that the Nunes memo is likely to do to the Obama-Hillary conspirators. Q then writes, top security clearance is mandatory for admission. How is this possible? Well, QAnon is suggesting that the Obama-Hillary conspirators continue to exert power in the Capitol, extending to the ability to gain access to the SCIF for outside contractors who are lacking the required national security clearance to be admitted. The outside contractors, unidentified by QAnon, may have included mainstream media contracted to the CIA in Operation Mockingbird, the covert arrangement in which the CIA pays supposedly independent journalists to publish under their bylines what amounts to CIA talking points. And then Q wrote, we see you. Well, QAnon wants to make the point that the Obama-Clinton conspirators are under national security surveillance. If QAnon is military intelligence, parentheses army, as we suspect, this suggests President Trump may be exerting military powers under a national security emergency declaration. The executive order that President Trump signed on December 21, 2017, declared a state of national emergency regarding serious human rights abusers and other unspecified corruption. It appears military intelligence may have been given presidential clearance to access National Security Agency electronic surveillance regarding the activities of those suspected of being involved with the Obama-Clinton conspiracy. Are you with me? Are you following me so far? Okay. What QAnon wants to make clear is that the Obama-Hillary conspirators are being watched 24-7, such that the Trump administration's national security apparatus and the military are aware of their communications, including in-person meetings, telephone communications, and or other electronically communicated messages, including emails, instant messages, and text messages. Then Q wrote the numbers 7324. Hmm. Well, Corsi interprets that as the numbers, in addition to signaling room 237 of the Capitol, may refer to federal law 5 U.S. Code section 7324. This section of the U.S. Code restricts the political activities of government employees on duty. This section, 
codifies the Hatch Act reform amendments of 1993. Now, this is relevant in that now dismissed Deputy Director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, whose wife was funded a minimum of 400000 and some say as much as 750000 by then Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, who is a longtime Clinton insider, to use in her unsuccessful run for the Virginia legislature. The Democratic Party was funding McCabe's wife for her electoral run at the same time Andrew McCabe was overseeing the FBI investigation into Secretary Clinton's private email server. Now, let me let me just pause here and, and mention that today, Bongino was talking about um, uh, how McCabe, well, let me back up, Comey was kind of a part-time FBI director when he was there. He would come in and work Tuesday through Thursday, and on Mondays and Fridays, he'd be gone. And so who was left to run the shop? McCabe. McCabe. So McCabe had a lot of authority, a lot of power, a lot of say-so. Was Comey aware of it? (laughs) Probably. Okay, continuing on. So again, this is January 29th that these these were posted, and if the date changes, I will I will tell you when the date changes. Um, Q posted a graphic of the American flag. Okay, it's not a photograph. It's actually it's a graphic. It's a, it's like an American flag laid flat on a wall, and above it it says freedom in all capital letters freedom underscore dot png freedom underscore dot png. Now, what does that mean? Okay, it's the U.S. flag. Of course, he says, note, the file for the flag noted in the top left corner is freedom.png. The USA flag is a universal symbol for patriots. By posting the flag the day before President Trump delivered his first State of the Union speech, Q identifies the importance of President Trump to our Constitution and our freedoms. This post reminded many anonymous, the the people who post over at 8chan and also at the, um, uh, uh, what is it, Calm Before the Storm over at Reddit. They don't identify themselves other than anonymous, okay? This post reminded many anonymous, or anonymouses, of an earlier post, number 144, that was posted on November 12th, 2017, a previous time when Q posted the USA flag. That post discussed many themes developing right now, including the importance of the NSA and Admiral Rogers to the Trump counterattack, to the CIA and the control of the mainstream media through Operation Mockingbird and the need to create a hashtag Great Awakening. Again, January 29th, Q posts the following. Uh, That was, okay, before I say it, this was the day that James Comey uh, tweeted something that, hmm, people looked at that and said, what the, he is so arrogant, he's so arrogant. Well, uh, it looks like the tweet that he did was... Uh, translated, if you will, by Q, because Q posted the following. JC tweet translation, 
colon. Special Agent Andrew McCabe stood tall, and here he's quoting Comey's, Comey's uh, uh, tweet. Special Agent Andrew McCabe stood tall over the last eight months. Here, Q wrote in brackets and in boldface caps, do not talk. Close brackets. When small people, open brackets, sheep, close brackets, were trying to tear down an institution we all depend on. Open bracket cover, close bracket, period. He served with distinction for two decades. Open bracket. We own you and your family, close bracket. I wish Andy well, open bracket, 187, close bracket. I also wish continued strength for the rest of the FBI, open bracket, general threat to others, close bracket, period. America needs you, open bracket, activate sleeper cells, close bracket, period, Q. In this post, Q inserts in brackets with bold text what FBI James Comey was really saying in a tweet to FBI Andrew McCabe after he was dismissed unexpectedly from his job. The way Q interprets Comey's tweet is that Comey was delivering a threat, warning Comey that he and his family could be harmed if McCabe starts talking to prosecutors, giving up co-conspirators in the Obama-Clinton deep state coup d'etat. Q once again suggests the risk that McCabe will talk, assisting the shift in the narrative away from Trump and the now-dying Russian collusion narrative, and that would trigger the release of sleeper cells. This suggests the deep state controls terrorists or would-be terrorists in the United States who are ready to create false flag terrorist attacks upon activation by their government handlers. Stop here for a moment. The train crash yesterday. Put that in the put that right there, right there in front of you. Jot it down. Train crash. We're going to come to that. Now this was January 29th. Train crash happened yesterday, the 31st. Very mysterious. We're going to get to that. Okay, so this post signals the Obama-Clinton co-conspirators are in panic that their planned coup d'etat has failed. Now that Trump has weathered their storm, the Trump counterattack is ready to launch a Trump storm that will seek and achieve justice. This post affirms Q's assurances that military intelligence, most likely now working with the NSA, sees and hears all. It reinforces Q's conclusion that in the end, patriots will win so that the Constitution and the Republic can be saved. Put together the words in brackets, and you will read how Q interprets the hidden message Comey delivered to McCabe and others like McCabe who are about to be summarily dismissed from the FBI and the DOJ. Do not talk. Trump supporters are sheep. You can get cover if you shut your mouth and rely on the FBI to protect you. But if you start talking, we own you and your family. Remember 187, we can kill you. But your case should be a general threat to others in the FBI and DOJ, reminding them to shut up and not panic. If all else fails, we will activate sleeper cells, 
to change the news cycle, deflecting public attention to the extent many of us in the FBI and DOJ are guilty of treason. 187. Remember 187. 187 is the code for the word murder with the Los Angeles Police Department. And it might be the same code for other police departments, but we know definitively that the LAPD uses code 187 when they show up at a call and they find somebody who's been murdered. That's the code. 187 is murder. Okay? (laughs) And Comey is using it. All right? Comey's using it. All right. Again, Tuesday, January 30th. One word is all that Q posted, all capital letters, and it's the word Apache. Remember that. Apache. This post at 22 minutes after midnight on Tuesday, January 30th, was a puzzle. Apache triggered many anonymouses to research both Apache and Geronimo. Many different meanings were posited, but none appeared definitive. The mystery was solved when WikiLeaks tweeted a photograph of an Apache helicopter that same day, Tuesday, January 31st at 4.02 p.m. Eastern. The tweet noted, quote, the Army shares its vision of freedom. Now recall that the posting of the American flag above in number 79, post number 79, was labeled freedom.png. The U.S. Army caption said, the sound of an Apache equals the sound of freedom. Hmm. The first meaning is that QAnon and Assange are coordinating, reinforcing the idea that President Trump wants Assange free. Soon we will learn Assange is in Switzerland. And I continue to believe, this again is Corsi, the Q is signaling President Trump uh, that President Trump will bring Assange to the USA. The Assange posting of the Apache linked back to a WikiLeaks expose entitled Collateral Murder, which was posted on April 5th of 2010. Collateral Murder released a U.S. classified video that WikiLeaks described as an indiscriminate slaying of over a dozen people in the Iraqi suburb of New Baghdad, including two Reuters news staff. Many questioned how Q and Assange could be coordinating when the WikiLeaks post was critical of the U.S. military. Aha! The Iraqi incident, however, happened during the Obama administration, meaning the reference was not directly critical of President Trump. Furthermore, those following WikiLeaks know that Assange has been critical of drone assaults, and this collateral murder was one of many. The point Anon and Q, I mean, I'm sorry, that Q and Assange appear to be making is that the Trump counterattack has begun with the dismissal of McCabe from the FBI. From this time forward, expect President Trump will use the military increasingly including military tribunals, as the Obama-Hillary conspirators are brought to justice for treason. And then he lays in the picture of the WikiLeaks tweet that shows the U.S. Army Apache helicopter. It's a five-second uh, five um, video, and the helicopter is flying through what looks like a battlefield of flames. 
okay? Okay, so that takes us now to, that, that takes us through January 30th. Uh, let me, I'm going to a different page here now. Okay, now January 31st, here we go. Mm. How are you all doing? You doing okay? You know what? Let me uh, let me check on you here. Let me slide this. I'm going to slide that little thing over and check on all of you. Okay. Yep. I see you're all there. Everybody in the chat room. Got enough to drink? Are you okay? You comfy? <laughs> Are you getting all this? Excellent. All right. Good. Good. And maybe you're following me along. If you're if you've uh, got your page open to Q Code Fag dot github dot io you can follow along with me all right okay all right um this one here i don't have his um written um interpretation so we're going to have to kind of go through this together based on what i remember of what he said and what i what i gather from it myself on january 31st at um 20 hours, what's that, uh, I don't even, it's military time, I hate military time, 20 hours, 39 minutes, okay? Somebody named Anonymous asked the question or posted the question, I have posted this so many times, tomorrow is Freedom Day, and it was, it's, uh, yeah, uh, 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 was it today, today's Freedom Day, okay, February 1st. If you look on the if you look on the U.S. Uh, uh, calendar calendar that has all the U.S. holidays, today's Freedom Day. So anyway, anonymous says I have posted this so many times. Tomorrow is Freedom Day. Q posted a flag named Freedom, and timing is everything. Tomorrow, period. Q responded with this: Day of days. D in the word day is bracketed and is boldface. And capitalized. The of, the word of, is bracketed and capitalized and bold-faced, O-F. And the, the, the next word, days, is bra- D is bracketed and capitalized. So that what you have, if you're just looking at the bracketed letters, you have D-O-F-D or D-O-D. Clue? Department of Defense? Clue? Military clue. The next one posted at 2143 on January 31st, last night. Anonymous again writing, POTUS speech was inspiring, to which Q replies, timing is everything. Did you miss the most important line of the entire speech? Activation code, Q. Huh. So the next post, anonymous, comes back, or a different anonymous because a different ID. I heard a reference to federal employees who commit crimes, dot, 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 was listening for so many coded messages. Great speech. Loved the part about the Capitol Dome. Q answers with simply an exclamation point, and that's it. In other words, uh, yes, you're, you're getting there. So then Anonymous, another Anonymous, uh, writes, I call, quoting, quoting from Trump's speech, I call on the Congress to empower every cabinet secretary with the authority to reward good workers and to remove federal employees who undermine the public trust or fail the American people. You remember he said that during the State of the Union address, okay? 
So Anonymous quotes the president and then asks this question mark, to which Q replies with a, an entire string of exclamation uh, marks. There must be 20, 30 exclamation marks. And that's it. In other words, bingo, you got it. You've got it. He's going to clean house. He's, he's, he's telling Congress, I want you to empower every cabinet secretary. Give them the authority to reward the good workers and remove those who are undermining the public trust or failing the American people. There you go. Okay. Next one. An, an anonymous writes, TikTok Q. Was the train incident a FF today? Well, FF in their terminology means false flag. Q replies within three minutes. Do you believe in coincidences? Expect more. Then Anonymous asks another question. POTUS on, quote, terrorists and Guantanamo Bay, quote, clear, dot, 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 enemy combatants, period. Again, quoting from the president's uh, State of the Union speech where he said, let's be clear, these people are enemy combatants, talking about the terrorists. They are enemy, in other words, these aren't people that we're going to try in our civil courts, in our criminal courts. These are enemy combatants. We are opening Gitmo. We are, we are, ma- are going to make sure that we have a place to put these savages. To which Q replies, reread EOs. Put together. Reread EOs. Put together. Now, I want to just remind you of the executive order that President Trump signed on December 21st. It is the executive order blocking the property of persons involved in serious human rights abuse or corruption. Corruption is not defined. This is what the president is using to declare a national emergency and giving him the constitutionally authorized authority, do what he has to do to pick up all of the people who have been violating the Constitution, committing treason. And if this goes all the way up to where the buck stopped in front of the skinny Kenyan, maybe he's going to get picked up too. All right. So, Later on, same night, January 31st, Q posts the following. Helicopter, crash, Newport Beach, Hotel GM. What happened at those hotels, Q? Hmm. So, all the people over at the CBTS stream, the live stream, they're scrambling. Holy cow, they're, they're doing Google searches and word searches and Newport Beach and hotel, and they came up with it. I'm telling you, they, it doesn't, <laughs> either Q is laying down some really good clues, or these people really know how to scratch and find the information. 
because what they found, and I'm going to I'm going to kind of leave the cute quotes for right now and take you to this hotel. Okay, this hotel is called the Standard, and let me give you an overview of it. This is one of those hip L.A. boutique hotels, one of several hotels around the country where some pretty strange characters hang out and do some pretty strange things. Think spirit cooking. Think, think uh, what's her name, Abramovich. Uh, okay, let me, let me just give it to you here. This is the description. This is um, the standard Hollywood Style is serenely hip hangout, setting, sassy Sunset Strip. Located at the heart of the Sunset Strip, the standard Hollywood is a supremely stylish and achingly hip hideaway with a space-age bachelor pad-style lobby that features extra-deep shag carpeting, hanging eggshell chairs, and nearly nude models lounging in glass boxes. There's also the fabulous pool with a blue astroturfed terrace. Rooms vary in size, but almost all include either a balcony or patio looking out over sunset or poolside. King-size platform beds, free cable internet connection, and many bars and rooms, shop, barber, front desk, DJ, Wi-Fi, performance art, valet parking. Goes on to describe the rooms, the poolside, packing tips, lots of swimwear. Leave the dress suits at home, okay? Um, Pet-friendly, children. The standard is not particularly suited to families, but baby cots can be provided free of charge and babysitting can be arranged, okay? So, I mean, they did a deep dive on this hotel last night, okay? I mean, mean, they must have spent... Way too long, I thought. I was getting bored because it was like, all right, already. We get the picture. The, these hotels are off the beaten path, and it attracts really strange people. If you are catching my drift, okay? All right. Well, who owns these hotels? So this is the other thing, that, of course. He, he, okay, let's find out who owns the hotels. Well, it's it, they're owned by uh, some. Oh God, I forgot his name. Uh, hang on here. Let me see if I can find it. Balzac, and the reason I remember the name B A L Z A K, is because originally somebody wrote his, the person who owns it is Balzac B A L L S A C K, and somebody else wrote uh, tweeted or not wrote but uh, you know in the chat. Wow, if I had that kind of a name, I'd change it. Or maybe it's really appropriate. Well, it turns out it is Balzac, but it's B-A-L-Z-A-K, all right? And this Balzac has been in a lot of trouble himself. And he's 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 been accused of, um, um, well, he's been accused of sexual harassment. Let me just read to you um, what, um, uh, let's see if I can find it here. I did, Andre. Balzac. That's what it is. Andre Balzac. And there's a photograph of him. He's the standard hotel owner, or at least he was until he sold 80% of the share of the hotels, okay, uh, to a company that I think he still owns, Balzac International or something. It's a photograph of him with Marina Abramovich. Yeah. 
the two of them side by side. And evidently, they're at an event that is sponsored by Time Magazine because the background, they're standing up against a wall or a screen that has the words Time 100 on it, okay? Um, it turns out that this Hollywood hotel is in Adam Schiff's district. Adam Schiff? Adam Shifty Schiff? Yep. Yeah, Andrew Balaz, oh, it's actually Balaz, I'm sorry, it's not Balzac, it's Balaz. His spouse, he was married to Katie Ford, she was a a model, I think. Um, He he divorced her, uh, or she divorced him, whatever. He's been seen, his partner was Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler, who had her own program on Netflix, and Netflix canceled her, and she's been all over social media, just haranguing Trump and filthy-mouthed. Filthy mouth. This Chelsea Handler is a she's a she's a nut. Uma Thurman. He dated Uma Thurman and Cosima Vesey. Yeah, that's who he's dating now. Okay. In 2017, a New York Times article reported that Andre Balaz had groped Amanda Anka. She is um, married to Jason Bateman, the the um, uh, ac- actor. This happened at a 2014 dinner party in London in front of a group of people, including Anka's husband, Jason Bateman. Okay. Um, this person who did some of the research on it said, I am guessing that these are trafficking hubs, these hotels, trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking. The luxury group of hotels comprises the Mercer Hotel in New York City, the Chateau Marmont in Hollywood, the Chiltern Firehouse in London. It's a reconstituted firehouse turned into a boutique uh, hotel. And the Sunset Beach, Shelter Island. The standard hotels include the standard Hollywood, the standard downtown L.A., the standard spa Miami Beach, the standard Highline Meatpacking District, and the standard East Village. There were allegations um, in the death of a sex worker uh, that were plaguing influential West Hollywood political insider Adam Schiff, Jerry Brown, Eric Baum, and Ed Buck. So they're they're connected, okay? They're connected. Um, I'm going to click on this link and read this to you just to give you an idea because this does tie in now. Now we're tying it in with the um, pedophile pizza gate aspect to this. This is in a, a newspaper called the WeHo Times, H-O, WeHo Times, West Hollywood, WeHo. Um, this is August 14, 2017. Headline, Allegations in, in Death of Sex Worker Plague Influential West Hollywood Political Insider. And it's accompanied by pictures of a, 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 a black man in his underwear, and he's amply endowed. Let me assure you, it's almost as though this isn't even real. This man is so well endowed. And also, uh, and his name is Damar Love. He's a fr- And then Ed Buck. And Ed Buck is wearing one of those white beater T-shirts, and he's, he's holding his face in such a way, he's squeezing his cheeks and he's lifting up his upper lip with his thumbs to make it look like one of those dog um, masks that you see people sometimes wearing if they're dressed up for Halloween and, they, and they're dressed up like a dog and they put this, this dog nose on their face. It's just the, just the nose. 
Well, that's what this guy, this Ed Buck, is doing. And Ed Buck is one of these uh, uh, big, big shot politicos. Okay, so the next picture is of Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, Ed Buck, and Democrat Party Chair Eric Baum. Okay, so it says unmasking the Ed Buck they thought they knew. In the weeks since news outlets across the globe picked up a story WeHo Times broke last Monday about the death of a 26-year-old Texas youth at the home of a politically influential West Hollywood resident. And by the way, I'm telling you all this because I'm going to get to a point. Trust me on this. We're going to, this ties in and you'll see. Um, uh, the death of a 26-year-old Texas youth at the home of a politically influential West Hollywood resident. A disturbing picture began emerging of a man who evidence suggests is equally comfortable mingling among America's uppermost echelon citizenry as he is rattling the nerves of sex workers by way of alleged coercion, heaps of cash, piles of illicit drugs, and allegedly involuntary injections of methamphetamine. A growing mountain of evidence obtained WeHo Times, including multiple eyewitnesses, accounts, smartphone images, background interviews, on-the-record interviews, court documents, hospital bills, and text messages, reveal a pattern that depicts a well-heeled politico named Ed Buck as a man with a history of allegations that he pays young, good-looking African-American men anywhere from 500 to 3500 dollars to inject, smoke and otherwise ingest potentially fatal doses of crystal methamphetamine and GHB and I don't even know what GHB is during allegedly paid sexual encounters but the sex takes a back seat to Buck's alleged primary fetish, according to several sources, who say his first interest is, is getting young black men to take dangerously large doses of street drugs. Quote, this is quoting a 28-year-old part-time sex worker who asked to be identified by the alias Damar Love to protect his full-time job as a security guard. Get that. He says, quote, my situation with Ed Buck was always how long do you want to see me for? And we'll come up with a number that we can both agree on. When I get there, I always want my money up front. And that's how it always started, Love told WeHo Times during an interview Saturday. Quote, initially, when I got there, I understood that he was already well under the influence because he told me he had already been up for two days and was still doing drugs as far as liquid GHB, shooting meth, crystal meth, and smoking it. When he insisted that I get high and continue to get high, that's when I started to do my research on him. Damar Love believes that Buck was unaccustomed to his level of concern for his own safety as a potentially vulnerable sex worker in another man's home environment, he says, did not like his unwillingness to turn off his smartphone, which he used to ensure that his girlfriend knew where he was. Nor did Buck like him using his phone to shoot photos inside the apartment. He did not know that the young man was also using his smartphone to research his host a little before letting his guard down. Says Love, the money Buck paid was incredibly good, but the scene was unsettling. Quote, I was like, why are you insisting that I be high? He said, recalling his thoughts during the first of three visits he said he made to Buck's apartment. Indeed, 
WeHo Times has confirmed that photos of Love in his underwear were taken inside Ed Buck's apartment in West Hollywood. And here they've got the pictures of um, of Mr. Um, Mr. Love <laughs> in all his glory. Um, Love continued, quote, why are you insisting I shut my phone off and I don't have any contact with the outside world while I'm here with you alone in your place? At that moment, I knew it was time to forget about pleasing the client and start asking questions for my personal safety. That's when I wanted to know what he did for a living and when I wanted him to know that I had people who knew where I was. DeMar Love says he had never seen anyone as intoxicated as Buck allegedly was during their first encounter. Quote, being under the influence to the level that he was and the idea that he was trying to get me to that level was, let me put it this way, the only thing I could think of was that <laughs> was not about wanting him to get me high so that he could do something bad to me that I didn't want done. Uh, it was maybe he just didn't want me to remember anything. Either way, I couldn't see myself letting him get me that high. First of all, GHB, the only thing you're supposed to take with GHB is water. It doesn't mix with anything, not meth, not alcohol, not poppers, not anything. You can die if you start mixing that shit. Close quote. The July 27th death of Jamel Moore at Ed Buck's Laurel Avenue apartment near Norton Street in West Hollywood was quickly classified by the L.A. County coroner as accidental and methamphetamine caused. Multiple sources who have known Buck for several years say that while they were shocked by the tragedy of Moore's death at the home of the Democratic Party donor, activist, and organizational heavy hitter, they weren't totally surprised. When former West Hollywood City Council member Steve Martin ran again along with a slate of candidates that included Ed Buck in 2007, the two were friends and allies. Yet, according to Martin, by 2011, Ed Buck had become openly hostile and unstable, both in his public demeanor and in his personal interactions with Martin and others when they disagreed with Buck. Quote, it was clearly obvious after 2007 that this guy had a serious personality disorder, Martin told WeHo Times, noting that after an effort that Buck helped lead to save a, a, a local historic resource didn't go exactly as he had planned, the activist became erratic and unpredictable. Asked if he and his colleagues suspected drug abuse as a potential cause of Buck's allegedly hostile behavior, the former councilman was definite in his reply, quote, everyone knew it. It's bullshit if they say they didn't. It was like a family. You know, you, everyone in the family knew it. There were people who embraced it, and they were, frankly, members of the city council. They knew Ed had a lot of problems. They knew Ed was a controversial member of the community. Uh, it goes on, okay? Um, it just, uh, oh, um, let me just say, Buck, uh, whose list of friends acquaintances and picture with photo opportunities include some of California's most powerful and popular Democrats, such as West Hollywood City Councilman John Duran, Congressman Ted Lieu, Governor Jerry Brown, and even former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Hmm. You see a picture of Ed Buck with Jerry Brown, and again, a picture of Ed Buck with Adam, uh, uh, yeah, Adam Schiff. Right. So Adam Schiff is the congressman for that district. What is going on with that? Well, let's just jump back now to the um, hang on here. Let me get back to it. 
Let me click on that. Click on that. Where did it go? Oh, hang on. Hang on. Let me let me get rid of that. What did I do with my cue? Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. So uh, going back to the post that Q did on January 31st where he says, helicopter, crash, Newport Beach, Hotel GM. What happened at those hotels? Well, those hotels are connected to Adam Schiff. Because, again, they're in his district. So then some, an anonymous asks, writes to Q, guessing that the Freedom Statue and Freedom Day have to do with the Q stringers for freedom. Q writes, News Unlocks Map. And MAP is all caps, M-A-P. News Unlocks Map. Now, is he talking about a map or is he talking about MAP as an acronym for something? We don't know yet, okay? So then um, Anonymous, and Anonymous asks the question of Q, Watsman was the general manager of the Standard Hotel in West Hollywood. Watsman was the hotel general manager who was killed in that helicopter crash. She had worked for the company for nearly 11 years. And then Anonymous put a link into an L.A. Times article, uh, Daily Pilot News, uh, crash update, and I'll get to that. Q then comes back and says, what happened at hotel? Bracket, boldface, capital letters, A-S, close bracket. What is bracket, boldface, A-S, close bracket, attempting right now favor repaid huh well why don't we take a look at that la times story and find out what that's about so we go over to the la times story which i'm going to bring up on my thing right now and of course safari can't open the page because it's got you know what they do is they put they put all these weird codes in there like percentage 20, percentage 20, percentage 20. I notice that it does that when I'm grabbing a code from uh, YouTube uh, text. Okay, Los Angeles Times. This is Friday, January 31st. Tragic loss. Three people killed aboard helicopter in Newport Beach crash are identified. Three people killed when a helicopter crashed into a home in a gated neighborhood in Newport Beach on Tuesday. Folks, we're talking about two days ago have been identified, authorities said Wednesday, yesterday. Joseph Anthony Tina, 60, of Newport Beach, Kimberly Lynn Watsman, 45, of Santa Monica, and Brian Reichelt, 56, of Hollywood, Florida, died in the crash, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Two other people were injured, authorities said. Residents said a woman was in the kitchen of her home when the helicopter crashed, damaging a bedroom, but no one in the house was hurt. Tina, Watsman, and Reichelt were among four people aboard the Robinson R-44 copter when it slammed into the home on Shearwater Place near Egret Court in the Bayview Terrace community, authorities said. Police responded to the crash at about 1.50 p.m. The four-seat helicopter went down shortly after taking off from John Wayne Airport on its way to Catalina Island, according to Joshua Cothra, a senior investigator with the NTSB. The pilot and two passengers were killed. A third passenger was seriously injured and taken to Orange County Global Medical Center in Santa Ana, Santa Ana 
in critical but stable condition. A person on the ground suffered minor injuries, was treated at a hospital and released. Um, Tina, nicknamed Pepe, was the only person identified in the crash who had a pilot's license, according to FAA records. He received his private, pilot, uh, his private license for helicopters in August of 2014. Watsman and Reichelt worked for the standard chain of boutique hotels, which has locations in West Hollywood and downtown Los Angeles. Watsman was the general manager of the Standard Hotel in West Hollywood. She had worked for the company for nearly 11 years. Reichelt was the regional finance director for parent company Standard International since 2011. Um, Amar Lalvani, who is the chief executive of Standard International, said, We are heartbroken by the tragic loss of our friends. Our focus now is on supporting their loved ones and our team during this difficult time. The FAA and the NTSB are investigating the crash. Cothra said no distress call was made from the helicopter before it went down. Uh, it goes on from there, but, but basically that's that's the gist of it, okay? Uh, somebody said it was like a train hitting a wall. You just knew something horrible had happened. Evidently, um, this woman was in her home when she heard a helicopter rotor struggling to turn as though the aircraft was losing power. She ran to her balcony and watched as the copter clipped the roof of a neighbor's home and slammed into the side of another, sending up a plume of dust. It was like a train hitting a wall. You just knew something horrible had happened. Okay, so there's that, all right? We got that. Uh, let me back up a bit here. Okay. So how does that all fit in? Well, Q is dropping crumbs about this, and he's mentioning A.S., okay? What happened at Hotel A.S., Adam Schiff? What is A.S. attempting right now? Favor repaid. Somebody got killed as a repayment of a favor. How does Adam Schiff connect with that? What's his involvement? Okay, so the next post. Anonymous asks the question or makes the comment, some incident with Adam Schitt, he calls him Adam Schitt, happened at a hotel and was covered up. He is repaying the favor by trying to cover this up. Anons, we are looking for a death cover-up of A.S. doing. Okay, that's, that's one of the readers now. To which Q responds, how they, and they is in quotes, how they control those they need. One recent example, relevant today, learn. Hmm. Hmm. How they control those they need. One recent example, yeah, <laughs> day before. Tuesday of this week, relevant today, today, Adam Schiff, the memo, Adam Schiff is involved, learn, Q. Okay, the next one, you've got Anonymous coming back and saying, pedo ring, human trafficking at hotel, Adam Shifty's district, he knew, he's trying to cut a deal because he knows he's grass. To which Q then responds, the intel just dropped is bigger than you can imagine. Let that sink in. Then the next post, same day, January 31st, last night, Freedom Day, Freedom underscore. 
That's all it says. And it's all in capital letters. Freedom Day, period. Freedom underscore Q. Then the next one, Q posts, says, Standing under the Statue of Freedom, POTUS freed those good people who are currently being blackmailed, threatened, and enslaved. Those who stood chanting USA were freed. The shot heard round the world. TG, and then there's a, a, there's a carrot, you know, a, a greater than. We, the people, Freedom Day, light. Q. So let me break this down. Effective yesterday while standing under the Statue of Freedom, and of course on the Capitol Dome, at the very top of the Capitol Dome on the outside is a statue, right? That statue is called Freedom. That's Freedom. Okay, so he's saying, effective yesterday while standing under the Statue of Freedom, POTUS, Trump, freed those good people who are currently being blackmailed, threatened, and enslaved. There are members of Congress who have probably gone and said, this is what is happening. I have been forced to do these things. I am stepping up right now and telling you that I have been forced to do this, vote this way, do whatever, because I am being blackmailed. My family's being threatened. My life is being threatened. These people have a, a clutch on me, and I, am, I can't do anything about it. Please help me. There are people, good people in Congress, I can tell you that right now, that are, that are, they've been writhing, trapped by these cretinous, treasonous people. And I remember when Glenn Beck, years ago, was talking about, come out from the shadows, admit your guilt now, It'll be, you'll be much better off for it. You know, be one of the first ones, because if you wait, and Bongino's saying the same thing, if you wait and you don't come forward now, you are going to be swept up with the rest of them. You won't have a chance. Now is the time to come forward and tell what you know. You will be protected. Well, POTUS freed those people. Because they understood that was the that was the trip word. They understood those good people who are currently being blackmailed, threatened, and enslaved. Those who stood chanting USA, USA at the end of the State of the Union address. Remember, we heard them, and it was I, I was I, and I thought, wow, I've never heard that kind of vociferous uh, uh, out, outburst from members of Congress at the end of a State of the Union address. Well, they were doing it. USA, USA, those who stood chanting USA were freed. And the word freed is in capital letters. The shot heard around the world. TG, Trey Gowdy, the, the better than carrot, the more than, greater than. Well, Maybe there's something going on with Trey Gowdy that there's a reason why he has announced that he's not running again. There's a reason why he's been so kind of weird over the last six months. There are some people who are speculating that Trey Gowdy and the president have been talking and there are bigger plans for Trey Gowdy within the Trump administration. We'll see. We the people. 
Freedom Day light hue. We the people. We the people. It is Freedom Day. We are shining the light on these cockroaches. Okay? The next one. Screenshot. 2018-01-31 at 9 dot 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 png and what this is and this is by the way this isn't something that um, uh, i should say i should tell you that this isn't q this anonymous posted this okay q is going to respond to it but i'm going to describe for you what anonymous posted it's a screenshot and it's a tweet from somebody named janice j-s-k-i-e-l-b j-scalb three okay and what she wrote was Despite the terrible train wreck en route, Congressional GOP got to their retreat safely at Greenbrier Resort, coincidentally the site slash a massive underground bunker emergency shelter for the U.S. Congress built during the Code War, codenamed Project Greek Island, hashtag safe space, question mark. And then she's got uh, what Janice put was a a 33-second video. She linked it of Governor Vice President Mike Pence, who is saying a joy to be back at the House and Senate retreat with the men and women who helped make 2017 the most accomplished year for the conservative agenda in 30 years. So that's that's all Anonymous put was that screenshot of that tweet from Janice, to which Q responds, coincidence, question mark? USMC on guard, Q. United States Marine Corps on guard. On guard where? On guard during the train ride? On guard at Greenbrier? On guard at the whole time? Hmm. Then, the next tweet... And this was done, uh, let's see, 2349. This is early, early this morning, February 1st, 18 minutes past midnight. Q tweets, POTUS is safe, protected by patriots. Q. I have to tell you, when I saw that, I breathed a sigh of relief. I really, really did. Because what happened yesterday, and we were, and I, again, we're going to get to that. I do believe that that was deliberate. That was a terrorist attack to derail that train and hopefully, I think their intention was to hopefully kill off some of the members of the GOP uh, Congress, members of Congress, the House members. Okay, so at 23, almost 24 minutes after midnight, anonymous posts, okay, obviously the train slowed down so must have been warned. I think it was warned. Helicopter surveillance saw the truck and warned the engineer. I'm guessing truck was kitty corner between the cross bucks with the back end, parentheses, dumpster lift hydraulics boom, facing the oncoming train. Train hits boom, spins truck around, and rips body off the cab, leaving the cab at the crossing. Train drags truck body down the tracks until the body rolls off down the embankment. Question is, if truck tried to run crossing, why didn't occupants flee cab when getting stuck? Unless train hit the truck, 
just as it was trying to run the crossing? Question mark. Have to figure, though, if aerial surveillance sees truck and warns engineer, the truck had to have been there for a while. So why didn't occupants flee? If the truck was there as a plant, the only sense I can make of it is that the occupants were patsies, i.e., they were told they were only going to force the train to stop on the idea of an Antifa protest. I don't think surveillance would see a truck headed towards the crossing and tell the engineer to brake, assuming the truck would stop on the tracks. However, it could be that the access road was closed and any traffic was regarded as a danger. Key is, how fast does an Amtrak train usually go through there, and how fast was this one going? If this train was slower, then why? Q responds, drone, reread crumbs, drone, reread the clues that I've given you in the past, drone. Okay. So they're talking about this last night, and Corsi is saying that he takes the Amtrak train all the time from his home, you know, the, the, the uh, New York to um, um, Connecticut uh, and Boston, you know, corridor. And he said those Amtrak trains usually travel at about 70 miles an hour, 7-0, 70 miles an hour. So this train, even though it was going through the crossing, the crossings were blocked off. The crossings were being protected from traffic until the train passed through, and then traffic was allowed to continue. So my question is to this, who allowed that truck to be there, first of all, and were there any police there guarding that crossing at the time that the train was coming through? And the truck revved up, went up the embankment, and went into the train. Now, the truck was not already on the tracks when the train came. According to the photographs that I have seen, it looks like the, the truck and the train hit one another at about the same time when they met. Q says, drone, reread crumbs, drone. Maybe what the people in the truck were doing was they were watching the train coming using a drone. They were actually watching the video being downloaded from the drone. And they could see when it was coming. And when it was coming, that's when they revved it up and they went for it. I don't know. I mean, that's what's being posited. That's what's being speculated at this point. Some people are saying that there were two trucks. I don't see evidence of that. I haven't seen that in photographs, but I don't know. But the point being that this was... Coincidences like this don't happen. You've got a trainload of people who are pushing for this FISA memo to be released. Uh, you've got Q warning about false flags to change the narrative that they're going to try. I mean, imagine you saw the headlines when Steve Scalia was shot while they were out there practicing their baseball game, their softball game. Can you imagine if this train crash had caused multiple deaths of members of our Congress? You would not have heard about the memo anymore, anymore, because the media would have seized upon this, and that's all you would have heard 24-7. But it didn't work. It didn't work. God is with us. I swear God is with us. Okay. Then the next one. Anonymous 
posts uh, a um, a picture. It's a, it's a screenshot. I'm sorry, a screenshot from the Daily Caller. Uh, it was posted at 11:58 p.m. January 31st. So this was posted just you know within the hour of the last uh, uh, Q dump. Okay. And the screenshot is a picture, uh, it says, the headline says, Hamas co-founder dies after accidentally shooting himself in the face. And there's a picture of this co-founder. And then there's another screenshot right beneath it. And it's uh, it's text. And it says, um, a co-founder of Hamas died Tuesday, three weeks after shooting himself in the face while looking down the barrel of a gun he was cleaning. <laughs> Imad al-Alami was, quote, examining his personal weapon in his home January 9th, close quote, when he accidentally pulled the trigger and put a bullet in his head, Hamas said Tuesday night in a statement to the Associated Press. Al-Alami found the Gaza-based Palestinian group during the mid-1980s. The U.S., Israel, the European Union, and other Others consider Hamas a terrorist organization responsible for waging several wars against, and there the screenshot ends. And, and, and Anonymous then, then ends it with, karma is a bitch. To which Q replies, Klaus Eberwein. What? Klaus Eberwein? K L A U S. E-B-E-R-W-E-I-N. Klaus Eberwein. Who's Klaus Eberwein? Huh. So, okay, now we go looking for Klaus Eberwein. We start We start uh, uh, typing in, okay, K-L-A-U-S-E-B-E-R-W-E-I-N, Klaus Eberwein. Klaus, who is Klaus Eberwein? Oh, Oh, he's a Haitian. He's a Haitian. Wait, wait, wait. K-L-A-U-S-E-B-E-R-W-E-I-N. Klaus Eberwein. He's dead. Oh, my gosh. What happened? What happened? Of course, Snopes is discounting this completely. But Miami Herald is saying Klaus Eberwein, a former Haitian government official, was found dead Tuesday in a South Dade Motel room, this is July 12, 2017. The Miami-Dade Medical Examiner's Office is ruling a suicide. Ah, let's click on that and read that. Okay. He shot himself in the head, said Veronica Lamar, Miami-Dade Medical Records, Medical Examiner Records Supervisor, listed his time of death at 12.19 p.m. The address is where Eberwein's body was discovered, according to police, is a quality inn. A former a supporter of former Haitian President Michel or Michel Martelli, Eberwein served as Director General of the Government's Economic Development Agency, Fonds d'Assistance Économique et Sociale, better known as FAES. It's a foundation to assist the um, uh, social and economic um, uh, issues. He held the position from May 2012 until February 2015, when he was replaced. He was also a partner in a popular pizza restaurant in Haiti called Munchies and has a pizza, the Klaus Special, named after him. Now, the first thing people were speculating was, oh, my God, pizza, pizza, oh, Munchies, pizza. Well, wait a minute. Let's look a little bit further here. And sure enough, this Klaus Eberwein 
They found a YouTube video of him. It's an hour long, and they they played a good part of it last night as as they're you know as everybody's Corsi and everybody's uh, researching. This Klaus Eberwein hated the Clintons. He talks about what they did to his beloved country, Haiti. He taught, and he's 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 a very articulate man. He obviously knows what he's talking about. <clears throat> I mean, he was very impressive, and and what they he I mean he just hated the Clintons. So obviously he must have been shooting off his mouth or something, or he was just becoming a burr under Hillary and Bill's saddle, and they got rid of him. They got rid of him. Boom. And funny thing about that, I believe, although I don't know this for certain, that the district in which he was found suicided is none other than Debbie Wasserman Schultz, congressional district. Ah, how many others have been found suicided in Ms. Wasserman Schultz's district? Several. I think there have been at least two lawyers who dealt with visas, who, who were visa specialists, who were found suicided. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, according to the research that I'm hearing, was the one who ordered the hit on Seth Rich. Sent out the MS-13 thugs to do him off, and then had the MS-13 killers done off too. Dead men don't talk. So this is what we've got so far. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh the Q page and see if there's anything more. No, that's the last one. Typically, when Q is posting, it's late at night. We found that it's, it's I, I found that it's late at night. So what do you make of this? <laughs> Isn't this something? I'm telling you, I, I was up until 4 o'clock this morning. That live stream went for four hours, and I was I was fighting, fighting, staying awake because it's, at some point, you know, they're just rehashing and rehashing. It's like, okay, I'm obviously I'm not missing anything here. I've got to get to sleep. But boy, I'll tell you what, they were working feverishly last night trying to figure all of this out. So I have to tell you, okay, I. Oh, I, I I don't know if I did the right thing or not, but let me just say, um, let me go to my mail program here, and I sent this. Oh, I got okay. Here's what here's here's what happened first. At about, oh, I don't even know what time it was. It was late. I got an email from my congressman, who's a personal friend of mine, and I, I have a lot of high regard for him. And, and it didn't have any words. All he did was he sent me three pictures of the train. Uh, fr- a front view of the train all smashed in. A side view looking at the rails on the, uh, the train on the rails. And you're looking at the springs. I mean, it's a, it's a close-up of the wheels. I guess, are they called wheels? I guess they're called wheels. The wheels that are on the rails. And then a photo that's taken from the inside of the train through the window of the truck. No words, just sends me these pictures, right? And I'm thinking, and this is this is like while I'm doing all of this with Corsi and you know the other the other you know researchers, and I'm thinking, oh God, is he trying to tell me something? 
So I grabbed some tweets that Corsi had put out, and I, I screenshot them and, and emailed them to him. And, and what I emailed to him was basically the same photo he had sent me of the front end of the train all bashed in on one side. And what Corsi had, had tweeted accompanying this photo was the following. With all roads closed for security reasons, how did dump truck get there? And then he's got uh, HTTP, and it's a code, and I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it I, – I didn't, I didn't check it. Photo shows train engine rammed by truck in apparent derailment attempt. Hashtag QAnon 8chan. Hashtag QAnon. False flag warning Monday by QAnon. And then he's got um, a, a link to the Scribe D uh, page that I just read to you from, okay? The false flag warning on Monday, FF, to change the narrative. Okay. So he's got that picture, and then I grabbed another screenshot that he did. And this one he says, even sharper photo of Amtrak engine, proof truck hit train, no impact on right side. Attempt to derail. Um, Again, uh, uh, Q Anon warned again on Monday of false flag attack. Deep state panic over SOTU and MEMO. Then the third one that I grabbed from Corsi and sent to my congressman. Without any words. I didn't didn't say anything. I just sent him these, these screenshots where Corsi writes, Photo of Amtrak engine, proof truck hit train, no impact on right side, attempt to derail, um, false flag, deep state panic. And then all I put was read qcodefag.github.io. In other words, go read what Q is writing. So then, see, I want to make sure that I've got this right because I, okay. Um, I sent him another one. And the, and the one that I sent him now is a screenshot of from Q. And it says, new, effective yesterday while standing under the Statue of Freedom, POTUS freed those good people who are currently being blackmailed, threatened, and enslaved. Those who stood chanting USA were freed, the shot heard around the world. And I said, note timestamp. All right. The timestamp was 23 hours, 42 minutes. I sent that to him thinking, if he's one of the guys who's being blackmailed or he knows other congressmen who have been yoked by these by these vipers, he'll get what this is. He'll understand what this is. So then I said, oh, gosh, i got to send this off to Elizabeth. So I wrote to her. This was at 2.23 a.m. this morning. E. It was an attack on the train because remember last night we were talking about it and I said to her, there are some people who believe that this was a terrorist attack, that it was deliberate. So anyway, it was an attack on the train. I've been up all night with Dr. Corsi and others parsing through Q's latest posts tonight. While doing so, I got this email from my congressman. No word, just pictures. Of course, she knows who he is. He's telling me some. He was on the train. So... Anyway, I sent her some stuff like that. So, but she, but, but what she sent to me afterwards, she writes, and and th- and I sent this on to Corsi because I don't know that they knew this. This never came up last night. They thought. Let me get, let me tell you what they thought. 
they thought that the reason why the members of Congress, the GOP members of Congress and their families and their staffers were on this train heading to Greenbrier was because they had gotten death threats and they were being protected. They were being shuttled off to a secure bunker while this memo was being released. And it made sense. It made sense. I mean, why would you travel with your family? Why would you pull the kids out of school? Or why would you have your, I mean, you might always have your staff with you, but really, you know, it was kind of, yeah, it's plausible. Well, here's what Elizabeth told, Elizabeth clarified it. She says, good AM. Phew, long night for you. The first premise of this is not correct. The members of Congress were not supposed to be in session. They have a retreat every January in Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, for example, always about two to three hours away. They always bring their families, spouses, and children, and having their own train with escorts is as normal as it gets. Remember, I was in the Senate before 9-11, and they did it this way back then. I know security is more tight But this is as common as it gets for the January retreats. The Dems do the same in basically the same locations. The president and vice president always attend these these retreats if they are of the same party. Routine as it gets. As to the Trump tweets, oh, that was the other thing we mentioned. Trump had not tweeted anything yesterday, which, which led us to believe, oh, my God. He's not even in the White House. He's not tweeting. He's on, you know, he's, he's gone, he's gone dark. You know, I mean, Trump not tweeting for a whole day. You go back and look at his tweets. There's nothing for January 31st, not a thing. So I mentioned that to her too. And she said, as to the Trump tweets, he was told by Gingrich and other Hill consultants not to tweet after this speech. Don't step on your own message and the success of the speech. What is amazing is that he actually agreed to keep his fingers and mouth shut. Simps to that question. She said Greenbrier is no longer the bunker escape or the safe house that it once was from back in the 1950s. The underground bunker is now a museum, which you can tour. The vast majority of it is now a casino, which was located underneath the resort. So, that was uh, the clarification, and I sent that off to Dr. Corsi so that he would be aware of it. And, uh, I mean, God knows, you know, your credibility is on the line. And even though you don't have any proof positive that the speculation you're coming up with is the truth, um, you can still get hung for it. I mean, Corsi posted pictures of the, of the train and the truck no, not the truck, just the train, on his on his uh, Twitter account yesterday, making the claim that he thought that it was a terrorist attack, that it was deliberate. And he said he got slammed for it, slammed. And this was before Q put the posts up last night. So he felt a little bit vindicated as a result of it. I can understand that. I can understand. So anyway, that's what I've got for you tonight. And um, I hope that it's been... Um, I hope that it's been interesting. I think it's, I, I, like I said, it kept me up till four o'clock this morning. I, I absolutely, you know, and I think tomorrow is going to be one 
whiz-bang of a day. Because if that memo does get, I mean, it's all everybody's talking about, is the memo, the memo, the memo. And and it looks like Christopher Ray is just pissed about it. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I don't know if you saw over the conservative treehouse, but uh, Sundance posted about Mueller requesting a postponement of Mike Flynn's sentencing. And uh, I think it was uh, Bongino today talking about it, saying, hey, the reason why is because he knows he he, he this whole thing is going to fall apart because these guys lied to the FISA court. And if they lied to the FISA court, their credibility is shit. Well, he didn't say it that way. I'm saying it that way. It's it's shot, okay. And so they they're not going to they're not going to go after Mike Flynn because they're gonna what the judge is gonna sentence Mike Flynn and then he's gonna re- recount it recant was it recant it. So there's that, okay. And then what was the other thing I was going to tell you about? Uh oh shoot, um I don't remember now. I was gonna tell you something else. Doggone it! I hate it when I forget. Uh, let's see. Let me let me look through my tabs here and see if there's something else that I. Uh, Mueller, Mueller, anybody? Mueller. <laughs> oh, I was gonna go to a. I was gonna go to a Twitter page, and I don't remember which Twitter page I was gonna go to. Oh well. Listen, I'm a year older <laughs> as of yesterday. You gotta cut me some slack. <laughs> Oh, boy. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the program tonight and uh, be watching. Be watching for more uh, tweets or not tweets, but uh, messages from Q. I think it's going to get pretty interesting. Um, I just this is we are living through some very, very interesting times. I think that they have released the names of the occupants or, or at least didn't they release the name of the driver? I think we're going to find, and I haven't listened to George Webb today, but I'm sure he's on it. I think we're going to find that this is uh, another another one of those um, uh, guys that have been brought in from one of the African countries, like like the one that um, uh, drove the truck in New York along the parkway there and ran over a bunch of people that were out there jogging and riding their bikes and walking. This is uh, right along the river, the river, I think. It was back last, I guess, last winter, last fall. Um, they're gonna, they'll probably find that it's somebody like that. It's a disposable. They bring these people in here on these fake visas to do the dirty work. And once they've done the dirty work, they get rid of them. They extinguish them. Boom, you're gone. They, they promise them, come to America. We're going we're gonna to give you a chance at at life, at success, at, at freedom. We're going to give it all to you. All you have to do is do this. Drive this truck. And, oh, we're not going to tell you. But, see, we have controls on that truck electronically through the computer system on that truck. And you think you're going to be driving that truck along, and all of a sudden that truck is out of your control. Out of your control. We're driving that truck remotely. That's what they. That's what George thinks happened with this this guy, this schmuck that was driving that truck. And maybe that's what happened with this one. Maybe the maybe whoever was in the cab of that truck. I mean, maybe who knows? Who knows how Michael Hastings died? Who knows how Andrew Breitbart died? Who knows how Judge Scalia died? Huh? Who knows? Who knows? I'll release the names of the occupants in the trash truck. Oh, I think that was what I was going to go look for. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, I will be back again um, next Monday. 
long weekend begins as soon as we sign off here. <laughs> and I would encourage you to listen to Bongino if you, uh, if you have some time. It's only an hour long, and I'm telling you, he packs it. Oh, man, he packs it. Uh, and um, oh, let's see, who else? Oh, Tracy Beans. She's, she's pretty good. She, in fact, she was going to be on with Hagman tonight, Hagman and Hagman at uh, 8 o'clock. And then I think she said tomorrow she's doing uh, John B. Wells on uh, Coast to Coast. John B. Wells. And I've been also listening to Farmer Jones, but he kind of turned me off. Uh, he thought that the uh, State of the Union address was boring. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you're just too too cool for school, you know? Well, no, campers. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. I, I think I'm getting tired of your shtick already. So <laughs> I listened to uh, Lionel Nation. He was pretty good the, uh, yesterday. I listened to him. And, oh, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't listen to him all the time, though, because he's very narcissistic. I find him to be narcissistic. You know, he goes on, especially when he's got a guest on. It's like, oh, will you please shut up and let your guest talk? God, you're like Alex Jones. Is there anything more annoying and irritating than listening to Alex Jones interview somebody or have a conversation with somebody? He steps all over them. Oh, my God. Makes me nuts. Makes me nuts. All right. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I've been kvetched long enough, right? So we'll see you again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Much, much appreciated, as always. All right. God bless you all, and God bless America. And don't forget, say lots of prayers for our president. Good night, everybody. Fake news. Fake fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace. An absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I'm here today is to tell you the whole Russian thing. That's a ruse. That's a ruse. I own nothing in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Russia is fake news. I just see many, many untruthful things. The press has become so dishonest. The public doesn't believe you people anymore. You have a lower approval rate than Congress. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed. And I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. I'll tell you something. I don't mind bad stories. I can handle a bad story better than anybody as long as it's true. But I'm not okay when it is fake. It's all fakeness. I mean, it's story after story after story. We're not going to let it happen again. The public gets, when I go to rallies, they want to throw their records to CNN. Here's the thing. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. It's so important to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. But for nations, reporters will not tell you the truth. So go over just some of them. MSNBC, you are fake news. The New York Times, you are fake news. CBS, NBC, ABC, BBC, LA Times, you are fake news, The Washington Post, you are fake news, CNN, very fake news, Politico, AP, Hotball, BuzzFeed, failing pile of garbage, and I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news, fake, fake news, I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair, some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news, fake, fake news, I think it's a disgrace, the absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care, care.